Hello, welcome back to Why Did Peter Sink? This episode is part six of a series called Why I Am Catholic. And the subtitle is More Than a Feeling. Um, I always sensed that something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. I'm not sure if it was a blessing or a curse, but even as a kid, I knew that something didn't feel right. It was a sense of incompleteness. Heck, I'm, I'm not sure if anyone did, but something was amiss. Something was out of order. I couldn't put my finger on it, so I went looking for who might know the answer. And I thought that maybe um, scientists knew or Protestants knew or atheists knew or academics knew or Buddhists or workaholics or athletes or bums or wildlings who closed the bar down. Um, the search went on and on, uh, but no matter where I explored, something wasn't quite right. What seemed to be happening all, all around me was a big show, a play, or a circus with everyone in masks, and they were all pretending there wasn't a giant hole inside them. This giant hole, the big empty, is what drove me to search, and when I found that I couldn't fill it, I tried to fence it off, I tried to ignore it, I tried to yell at it, I tried to mock it, I tried to throw stones in it and fill it up. I tried to drug it, intellectualize it, and even weep at it. And none of that worked either. Um, none of the solutions on offer could solve the disease either. Uh, uh, you know, disease is dis-ease, being at unease. I heard that once. It's kind of cheesy. But anyway, um, until I began to separate the tales of Hollywood, media, my teachers, my college professors, my Christian friends, my non-Christian friends, my blue-collar friends, my white-collar friends, my co-workers, and my own reading, uh, only then did I even begin to parse what the heck was missing. And a giant portion of that was figuring out what the heck the word God even meant, which required prayer, reading, and action to even get a match burning so that I could look down into the big empty. I began to understand the uneasy feeling when I realized I had been ignoring half of myself. Really, I was missing both halves of myself because they were like estranged spouses living separately, but in the same house. They certainly weren't talking. The two halves I'm talking about, of course, are body and soul. The postmortem of my first death uh, revealed that I had undergone a common pair of modern surgeries, which go undetected in many. These surgeries happen without us knowing, as the surgeons serve in unsuspicious places, often as helpers and guides, rather than body snatchers and soul stealers. I had undergone the twin amputations. Yes, the twin amputations. My soul had been surgically removed by a careful materialist unbelief using the scalpel of what I thought were logical arguments. Textbooks, mostly. That was the scalpel. Um, the other amputation came more like a dismemberment as my body had been ripped away from the spirit and the spirit was really ripped away from the body. It was like a uh, double double uh, dismemberment happening there. Ouch. Um, being amputated two ways obviously left me incomplete. I was kind of crawling around like the Terminator's hand in the final scene of the movie where Linda Hamilton tries to crawl away from the crazed robot body part animated by a programmed compulsive mania. I was the crazed robot hand, intent on living, not knowing why really, except for goals, uh, going on seek and destroy missions on the weekends. Uh, I was half a human being, maybe a quarter. I'm not sure if you cut something in two, two ways, I guess it's kind of a quarter. I was a robot arm bent on destruction, clamoring toward a metaphorical Linda Hamilton. 
the slicing and dicing of body and soul left me fragmented because in atheist unbelief, I was all body. And without the supernatural, we really are just a clump of cells or a bag of chemicals. The mantra of our time is self-determination and my truth. Why? Because if we're just a pile of cells, then we are nothing but matter and therefore nothing matters. That's the ugly secret of pure reason. The real reason that abortion is no big deal to some people is because they don't believe in a soul. And it was no big deal to me when I lived in a body alone robot hand clamoring after Linda Hamilton mode. So like euthanasia, shoot me up, doc. What's the big deal? Of course, it doesn't matter if you kill yourself when there's no afterlife. That's the uh, French existentialist major problem. The only life worth living is a life without pain since pain is the great evil. And suffering, of course, now there is a reason to doubt God. That's the one that most people, they, they cling to. Why is there suffering? Why is the problem of pain here? When the body is just a bunch of wriggling, jiggling atoms, dumping that body has as much meaning as turning off a light switch then. Here today, gone tomorrow. As the always depressing Albert Camus once infamously said, there is but one truly serious philosophical problem, and that is suicide. Judging whether life is or is not worth living amounts to answering the fundamental question of philosophy. Okay, on the flip side of that, you had Archbishop Fulton Sheen in the same century telling the world that life is worth living, and he seemed much, much, much happier than Camus. When materialism and unbelief forms the centerpiece of your worldview, Life is kind of like how men see college girls in Girls Gone Wild videos. There's no humanity in a clump of cells because it's only body. There's no soul. So what difference does it make? It doesn't matter what happens to that clump. Pleasure becomes the only good and pain the only evil. Epicurus and Marcus Aurelius lived in this space with quite different interpretations on how to live with this problem. Camus the, and the French philosophers he decided that suicide was no good because, well, who cares? Honestly, when your number one philosophical problem is the question of whether or not suicide is the answer, something is horribly wrong, horribly wrong. The big empty owns you. The big empty has you. And when I think of how much ink has been spilled over Camus and this problem, I shudder more than I do after a full day of ice fishing. On the other side, there was a different problem. And this is where I'm going to go back to talk about faith alone. I love Protestants. I love them, my friends, but I don't like faith alone. I've belabored this terribly by now, I know. But I dabbled in it a little bit. I felt like I was all soul then, or worse, mind alone. I felt like it turned me into mind alone, whereas atheism turned me into body alone or reason alone. All of these lone things. I don't like the solas. They're too lonely. And that is a lonely and awful place to be. Mind alone is very lonely. I recently read something from the celebrated atheist and transhumanist evangelist Yuval Harari, um, who wrote a famous book called Sapiens and a couple other books. He's a good writer. He's very obviously a brilliant guy. Brilliance doesn't mean you know everything. Um, and that leads me back to Calvin and Luther. Harari is kind of like a modern version. Um, he has a classic attack angle said that Jews and Christians are only worried about the soul. Classic, Yuval. Um, except for it's the same old attack that never 
works. Um, like Judas, he is disappointed that Jesus didn't solve all earthly suffering. Like the Jews in Jesus' time, Yuba wanted a political and military messiah. It's hard to believe people are still making the same error, but they do every day. Clearly, Yuval Harari and others have never read the Apostles' Creed or the Catechism of the Catholic Church because God refutes our expectations. He did not come as a military or political messiah. See, God can be postmodern to postmodernists. He will refute expectations just like any other author who tries to turn everything on its head to be postmodern. The world that we live in is not yet transformed because we are in the messianic age, but the body will be resurrected. The glory will come. And in Catholicism, the body is good. Our suffering here is transformed. And when we die, this isn't the last day of these bones. That's good news. Mr. Harari has the, the same incomplete understanding of Christianity that I once did, but it seems like he's conflating Protestantism with Catholicism. If we are only worried about our souls, then we really don't need arms and legs because salvation of the soul is the primary concern and we're not required to carry out any actions in this world. Harari's disappointment is in Christians because they don't do enough here in this world. It actually sounds a lot like Karl Marx. Um, this is why Catholicism has the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. We are body and soul. Hence, we must both pray and act. This is not a requirement in the Protestant world. And I'm not saying Protestants do as, as much charity as Catholics, maybe more. Um, I mean, it's cool if you do nice things for people, but it's optional in those in that world. Because once saved, always saved absolves you of works. You're saved. You can sit in the hot tub at a strip joint, drinking uh, till, you know, four in the morning, doing whatever you want, you're saved. It doesn't matter. In 1991, you said, I, I accept the Lord Jesus as my savior. All good. The rest is all do whatever you want. Now, I know that's that's distilling it ridiculously, but logically, that's where it ends. Um, Harari is confusing that kind of Christianity with Catholicism, which does require works. And he's just disappointed it hasn't saved everyone. The funny thing is, he thinks technology is going to save everyone, and it won't. It will not. We already know that. Um, so that, but that in a nutshell is why Protestantism never sat well with me, or I couldn't adopt it. I guess I couldn't. I couldn't agree to it. Really, it's the same reason that Yuval dislikes about Christians, but he's not understanding Catholicism. It's just too bad he doesn't understand it. As I've mentioned, a brain in a jar can satisfy the requirements of faith alone. Um, a printer, okay, now I'm just getting rude. A printer could spew out a message saying, I accept Jesus as my personal savior. And if that's the only requirement, who's to argue with the printer if they're any more sincere than a bad Christian who claims the same thing? But thank God we're not robots, even though the transhumanists want us to be. Thank God we're not just bodies and not just souls. We are both connected, like two hands put together into the shape of a prayer um, the whole idea of the Imago Dei, that is the image and likeness of God, the image of God, uh, means that God made us like him, body and soul, and that and that all that he created, I wish I had a drum roll uh, interjection here, everything that he created is good, good. Now, Jesus is God, Jesus became human, that was also good, that was a good thing. Everything he created was good. 
the Protestant idea of this total depravity, which is a Calvin thing, John Calvin, or Luther, that we are a dunghill covered in snow, that doesn't dovetail with Catholic doctrine, be it the imago Dei, that we were made in the image of the likeness of God, or the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, or even St. John Paul II's um, Theology of the Body, which you should all read. Um, theology of the Body is a fascinating thing to read. Find a short version, it's long. Um, I think the letter from James, the letter from James in the New Testament, that's the one that Luther tried to throw out of the Bible. It contains a sentence that distills what this lengthy article is getting at. Um, what makes me whole? This is James chapter 2, verse 26. For just as a body without a spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Did you hear that? Dead. So what is James saying in that? For just as a body without a spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. He's saying body alone equals death. Spirit alone equals death. What about faith alone? Death and works alone? That's death. So this is why pure reason or pure faith, pure material or pure spirit with either one on a lonely island leads to the same thing. Death. It's death. To me, that is the summary judgment against both Protestantism and atheism and its subtypes, which atheism has many, many subtypes like liberalism and humanism and Marxism and scientism and positivism or wokeism, which is a strange one right now, or postmodernism. Both of those great trends, um, Protestantism and if you want to call it liberalism or humanism of the last 500 years, they slice us right in half separating body from soul. Neither one of them fulfill us. And that's what I'm trying to get at in my excessive and overly verbose manner in these long podcasts that could probably be reduced to like five minutes if I cut the fat out of all these articles. A separated body and soul results in death. It results in death. Interestingly, Jesus said, our body will be resurrected on the last day. So even if our body is cremated and ground up somehow it's going to be resurrected now i think we're not really supposed to do that i'm still a little confused the whole resurrection of the body line is the most confusing one in the apostles creed to me and i spend a, a fair amount of time thinking about that and i haven't really understood it yet and hopefully you know in 30 years maybe i will i guess it doesn't matter if i do or not i believe it um because jesus said it jesus is god um, getting over that hurdle to, to believe Jesus is God. If he says the body will be resurrected, I believe that. It doesn't matter which way you slice. One without the other means that both are dead. And this idea will help a lot when you get to the most confusing line, that resurrection of the body thing. Uh, I think it's often overlooked or kind of skipped because it's so hard to understand. But this is why I'm Catholic. It makes me whole both body and soul. This is the short summary. This is the short summary of it all. It makes me whole, both body and soul. It rhymes. What I always felt was missing, the critical missing piece that could never fulfill the big empty, that whole, that whole is gone because I'm once again whole. Returning to the faith of a child seems to be figuring out how to become whole 
and it means believing in both body and soul and a higher power God. But it's more than a feeling. The band Boston sang about more than a feeling, their biggest hit ever, but they didn't quite capture what I mean by more than a feeling. This wholeness comes from reason, experience, feelings, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, one quick useless aside, no wonder the lyrics of the Boston song are really depressing because they say more than a feeling, but they only mention feelings and experience of loss and sensory things. And not once does the song mention body, blood, soul, and divinity. But let's just leave it alone. Let's leave it alone and not go there. The faith of the apostles in its fullness is something total and beautiful. The Catholic Church appreciates both body and soul, faith and works. It believes in both the divine and the human. We seek to know both nature and grace. Faith is an act of submitting both our intellect and our will. The Eucharist is both bread and wine. It is also body and blood and soul and divinity. We are both fallen and redeemable. There is a visible and invisible word that we, world that we live in. We must live with both faith and reason, giving an edge just so slightly to faith. I am both a sinner and can be saved through God's grace. We are both matter and form. We have fasting and feasting. Baptism has both a physical action and a spiritual effect. Forgiveness requires both confession and penance. There is song and prayer. There is silence and celebration. And what I'm trying to say is this. Catholicism is truly a both and religion, not an either or. And having gone on the wild goose chase of life, I reject the separation of body and soul as much as I reject that Jesus was just a wise teacher rather than both fully God and fully man. This is the key, of course. But once you spend time reading or hearing the gospel, the day may come when you suddenly know as much as you know that two plus two equals four, that Jesus is God. And as an unbeliever, I knew that Jesus was not God. And now I know that he is. Thanks for listening. We have a few more articles in this series ahead. I'll be back soon with the next one.